Welcome to the Tear Talk Podcast with author, coach, and speaker, Mashani Allen. Known as the Golden Scribe, Mashani has over two decades of writing experience, and her passion for the craft has given her the opportunity to impart wisdom, affirmation, hope, and confidence into many. Let's listen now as Mashani delves deep into the Tear Talk journey and takes us on a discovery of the power of the pen. Welcome, 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 welcome. Welcome to the Tear Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Mashani Allen, and I am so glad that you joined me on today. Our topic is going to be one that is actually going to be a two-part series, but it's one that really needs to be talked about. My Facebook timeline, sadly, reveals more pain than it does joy. I can't even express how many times I log on to see something good and I'm seeing an unfortunate loss of a family member or friend or co-worker. And we are in a time where grief is at a height that I don't think I have ever seen. There has been grief all around, but it seems that it is more prevalent and we are more aware of it than we ever have been. I believe social media has played a part in that because many times prior to social media, if there was a loss of life, it was mainly known to you if you were close to the person, like they called you or they emailed you. But now with social media, you can find out about people having losses in life that you might not even know in person, but because you're connected in that medium, you're able to see more than you normally would. And that in itself can be a trigger and that in itself can cause grief. Now, when we look at the definition, I told y'all before that me and Webster (laughs) are really, 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 really good friends. So I wanted to share with you all the definition of grief. And there's two that I would like to share with you. And the first one is defined as a cause of deep sadness. And another definition of grief is trouble or annoyance. And the thing about grief is it comes in different forms. It comes in different ways and it can be activated by different triggers. Now, I am not a grief counselor, though I do have a master's in Christian counseling but I have been a student of grief and it is not a very um, easy class to take. Um, It is not a very um, exciting class to take, but I wanted to make sure that I didn't avoid my grief, that I actually sat in my grief so I could be healed through my grief to be able to fully live my life. I have found over the years that grief is something that many people try to avoid and avoidance is not the answer 
Because even though you're avoiding it, that doesn't stop it from growing. That doesn't stop it from hurting. And that doesn't stop it from impacting every sphere of your life. I thought it would be interesting to share some quotes um, regarding grief. And I found a few of them to be extremely interesting. Um, one was by J.R.R. Tolkien. And he said, I will not say do not weep, for not all tears are an evil. And I wanted to start with that one, especially since the name of this podcast is called Tear Talk. I have found in being a student of grief that a lot of times people consider tears to be evil. They consider crying to be unfaithful or crying to be you live in doubt or in fear. They consider tears to be a form of weakness. Um, they consider tears to be a negative thing. And I, I think that that can be extremely limiting. That can be extremely damaging. And that can be extremely costly when you don't allow yourself and your tears to be released. Let me repeat that quote again. I will not say do not weep for not all tears are an evil. Tears are important and being able to express them is important. The thing about grief is grief is something that sneaks up on you. It happens without your permission. You can be doing just fine and you can have a memory. You can smell something. You can see something. It is, it, it, it's, it has a mind of its own. And I do believe that it has to be balanced. You definitely have to have a balance with it. But when I say balance, I don't mean control. And I have sadly seen many people who've tried to control their grief and try to personify that them not crying showed how strong they were. But my question is, why do you always have to be strong? What is that proving to anybody? If you've had a significant loss, how are you weak by shedding tears, which are an expression of love for that particular person, place, thing, or system? I just don't understand <laughs> the need to always look and be quote unquote, strong. And I remember I wrote, <laughs> I wrote something because I was really annoyed at the way that I was seeing some things happen. And one thing that I wrote was, I refuse to die while living. And I believe that when you don't grieve, you are dying internally. And I just refuse to die while I'm living. I would rather go through the journey of grief and live than die trying to hide and look strong for people. Why? I mean, what does, what does that do for you? Really, when you're so broken and you're so wounded and you're hurting tremendously on the inside, your tears have something to say. And you should really allow them to talk. C.S. Lewis said, 
No one ever told me that grief felt so like fear. And I think it's because grief causes you to be in such a place of vulnerability that is extremely uncomfortable. And many people don't like being vulnerable. They don't see the power in vulnerability. Sadly, they see it as a weakness. And when you have that outlook, it can cause you to not receive what you should receive at a time when you really, really need it. You know, there's a scripture that talks about how we're supposed to cast all of our cares, all of our burdens upon the Lord. And we can't cast and hold at the same time. And, you know, the scripture also talks about it's in our weaknesses is when he is strong. And that's why I don't understand the concept of always trying to be strong because that was never what we were to be. We were supposed to be strong in the Lord, not strong in ourselves. And that hasn't always been the greatest balancing act from what I've seen over the years. Another quote that I want to share is from Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. He said, there is no grief like the grief that does not speak. There is no grief like the grief that does not speak. And I know for me, one way that I receive healing is by allowing my tears to talk through my pen. My pen carries the ink of my tears. And when I talk about grief again, I said this was going to be a two-part series. And in this series, I mainly want to talk about how we have to grieve not only people, but I also believe in the grief of systems, situations, circumstances. Sometimes you need to grieve the loss of relationships. Sometimes you need to grieve the loss of a job. Sometimes you need to grieve the loss of a season. Sometimes you need to grieve the loss of a circumstance or a situation. And some of you may be saying, how do you grieve a circumstance or a situation? Like, what does that look like? Glad you asked. I actually grieve 2020. And the best way for me to do it, I woke up hearing the lyrics and I wrote a poem. And this was written on October 31st, 2020. And I titled it, Ode to 2020. And I'll share this with you now. Your number calls you to be unique. It brought anticipation and a desire for a sneak peek. But we were unaware of the roller coaster we got on. When on December 31st, the clock switched from night to morn. The first few months were like a steady, slow, steady space. Or I should say, the first few months were like a slow, steady pace of a roller coaster getting its bearings as it came out the gates. But around March is when the ride began with dips and unexpected turns that caused our heads to spin. 
Loss is experienced on multiple levels and trauma becoming a new norm and a strange bedfellow. While some ride the high of creativity, others are left with no spark. Others seem to have awakened while many have succumbed to the dark. Emotions are bursting at the brim and no clarity or explanation challenges trying to tame or simmer them. Hearing of death has become common like taking a breath, and the images of lives fallen has caused some to have nothing left. Yet hope still glimmers, and joy is still found in some. But will we ever truly grasp the impact of what 2020 has done? The loss, the scales of loss, the scales of pain, the scars and damage and invisible bloodstains, the lens of injustice, the sound of countless cries, the amount of destruction, the infiltration of despise, the monument of fear now looming everywhere, the loss of personal touch and weight isolation bears. With glimmers of laughter and smiles behind masks, 2020 was the year that took us all to task. For some, it brought discovery and opened new doors. For others, it exposed pain they've ignored in their cores. Relationships have been tested in unimaginable ways. And the carnage from words release is like a snap trap that was laid. Ode to 2020. In you is so much to unpack. All has been changed, never to be the same. And that is a fact. I just shared with you one way in which I grieved a year. <laughs> I had to be able to express everything that impacted me and the way that I viewed 2020. For me, my pen has been the tool that has helped me to grieve. It has allowed me to express my joys it has allowed me to express my pains. It has allowed me to express my memories. And that's what I love most of all, because by writing those memories down, that means that they remain. When I was having a moment in November 2019, talking about grief, I ended up writing something that I want to share with you all. And this is part of what I said. I don't try to hide or stop my tears. I let them flow to stay free. Trying to control your healing will make you sick. I'm not hiding behind scripture to avoid my emotions. I choose to live the scriptures, which frees me to feel 
and express my emotions. Some may want to rush this season, but I'm allowing God to take his time. We read about how there's a time and a season for everything, but then encourage people to rush and some just ignore the time to mourn. I believe it's because death brings a level of vulnerability like nothing else does. But that vulnerability is purposed for your dependence on God and your healing to come from Him. Grief is something that all of us will experience in life. The levels, the dimensions, and the depth in which it impacts us may vary from person to person, but it is definitely something that we will all experience. But I highly recommend that you don't try to avoid it. Being strong doesn't take away from you being human, but take your moments to grieve. Grieving is healthy, not grieving is dangerous. I just feel that we live in a society where we're constantly trying to portray something. We're either trying to portray strength, trying to portray wealth, trying to portray you know, being a boss, you know, trying to portray all these different things. And these portrayals are causing us to not be our true selves, which allows us to be our best selves. And I have found that my willingness to be vulnerable has caused me some of the greatest joys, has brought me some of the greatest peace, and has opened me up to some of the greatest healing that I've ever received in my life. And I didn't view those times of me being vulnerable as me being weak. I viewed those times of me being vulnerable as me being human. And I think that we have to get back to understanding that our feelings and our emotions and the different places that we may find ourselves in are a part of life and they are a part of the journey. But each aspect of it needs to be handled well and needs to be handled with grace. I had to give myself grace. It was easy for me to always, well, I can't say always because I didn't always, but it was easy for me to extend grace to others. But I had to find the strength to extend that same grace to myself. And I had to allow my heart to do what it needed to do. Because I didn't want a hard heart. I didn't want a calloused heart. I didn't want a rigid heart and not expressing my emotions, not sharing my feelings, not being real, not being raw. 
the things that look like I could have portrayed strength were actually creating something hard and something calloused and something cold around my heart, which is not who I was created to be. I was created to be pliable. I was created to be sensitive. I was created to be warm and I was created to be welcoming. And when we don't allow ourselves to deal with our grief, it can create and it can form and it can fashion something around our heart, which could then in turn fashion, form, and create something around our personality, which in turn could fashion, form, and create something around our character that is not who we really are. It's like I think of people who others have encountered who have this exterior of being cold or hard or callous, but then you can have someone else encounter that same person and somehow they're able to infiltrate that person's heart and they get to see the real person. And we don't want to live a dual life where people have to take this maze (laughs) to find out who we really are. And I have met people and I've known them in seasons past and I've met them in seasons present and they're two different people. And in conversation, I have found that grief has changed them, but not for the better. I can say for me that grief has changed me. And in the next episode, I'll be able to share more about the griefs that I've experienced. But I can say for me that grief has changed me. But I thank God that it changed me for the better. It changed me for the good. And it changed me for the greater. I pray that you all were blessed by this episode and my hope and desire is that when you see that another podcast has posted that you choose to press play. Thank you for joining the Tear Talk podcast. You can purchase today's featured t-shirt and learn more about Mashani by visiting MashaniAllen.com. Also, Check out her exclusive line of custom journals at bit.ly forward slash the golden scribe. <laughs>